Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to another lit episode of Happy Bougie Bronx Podcast. This is your girl Rita B on the mic. This is your girl Rosa, aka Crazy Horse. And I'm Mika. All right. Well, does anybody have anything interesting to talk about before we really get into the the heart of our podcast? Um, well, for Lent, I gave up playing games on my phone. Um, and it has taught me great discipline. So in the midst of my discipline, I decided that I was going to do a green smoothie detox cleanse. And amazingly enough, I'm I'm seven days in and have been doing extremely well. So I'm thinking like giving up the games has really, really like helped with my discipline and my ability to follow through on things. And so I'm, I'm going to get all the way to day 10. I have faith. I got three more days left. And um, that's about it for me. Oh, my kids go on spring break, but my kid goes on spring break next week. So I am not looking forward to that because if anybody knows, I am an advocate for not being a stay-at-home mom. Um, so I'm ready to stay home this week. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had known that you were not playing games because I would have tried to catch you in uh, Candy Crush, but yeah, I haven't played in a while. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Rosa? Oh, nothing. Life has been kind of chill lately. <laughs> Which is good. You got your new place, so you're excited yeah. and happy for that. I bought a, a lovely piece of artwork. I need to sh- send y'all the picture um, in the story behind it offline and show it to y'all very proud of this purchase made me feel like a grown-up <laughs> oh real art real art i like it but do you i'm an artist right, no. in case you ever decide you want to get any of my exclusive art pieces they're one of a kind done at painting at a twist um i'll send you a just, I, I, as well. <laughs> knew it. i'm super good guys oh. <laughs> well it's not it's not I, I, I call art, like, any forms of art, so it's a photograph, but it's an original photograph, and it's really detailed how he created it, so I'll show it to y'all, and it was worth the moment. Yeah, I look forward mm-hmm. to us exchanging our artwork. That'd be awesome. New level yeah. of sisterhood for us. <laughs> Please stop. Please stop. <laughs> buying. Your, your, uh, I could still share with y'all. Picture. Y'all could look at it. Jeez. Hey yes, <laughs> yes. Take, give us pictures. Yes. Uh, right. Well, since you already talking, Mika, go ahead and tell us what you're mad about this week. Okay. Oh, my goodness. And I know y'all are so tired of me being mad at people at work. But, oh, my God, they just keep giving me more stuff to be mad at. I am super, super mad when, like, white people use jokes <laughs> to insult you. <laughs> And then they get mad when you get mad because they were just playing, but it wasn't playing. Like, they be low-key, for real, for real, like, throwing, like, extra shady shade. Like, we have this Mm -hmm. one old white dude, and he just thinks that he, he just says stuff, and it's so racist and sexist sometimes. It's like, are you kidding me? Did you really just say this stuff? And, like, you okay with saying that? And I get, I'll tell you all the time, I get mad with, with, with our silent partner, Jesse. Because she is so calm, cool, and collected, and she lets him get away with saying this stuff. And, like, my comebacks are so vicious because I, I'm just, I'm overly over him saying this stuff, and nobody says anything to him. But, like, he had the nerve to insinuate that she steals. Like, are you kidding me? She what? makes more Ooh, than no. you. Like, she asked, oh, like, no. he was having a problem with, 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 with something at work and so he was using his own credit card to to check it which we don't keep credit like all of our stuff is encrypted and she's like well let me see it so i can check it and he was like well no 
um, I'm uncomfortable with you having my card. Now, I know for a fact that he's let other people, at, like he's let the one white boy who sits next to me use his card, no problem. So she was like, fine, I'll bring my terminal over there to you and you could try it yourself. And she gets over there and um, he tells her to turn her back while he swiped the card. I said, he has lost his effing mind. Like, are you kidding me? Like, you think that this is okay? And I told her before, I was like, he, he does this type of stuff because he used to say little slick things to me all the time until I started telling him, you don't write my paycheck, boo-boo. And on any given day, I outwork you. That's why you where you're at and I'm where I'm at. And that shut him up real quick. But I'm like, come on, boo. I say, you've been demoted three times. You're you're demoted now. You just got demoted from one position down to this position. Let's not try my intelligence. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> but I, I hate that. And he says stuff in a little joke. And he thinks if he does a little giggle afterwards, that it's okay. And I'm like, dude, you... you I know you from that old school white because you you 65 so you from way back you from that real old deep and grinch racism back Jim Crow type you know racism you think that that's okay for you to say the things because you you not used to black people being in these positions but boo I'm here and, and I'm gonna be here and every time you try it with that little giggle I'm, I'm gonna be digging in your ass with them with the comebacks so you you ain't gonna laugh with me <laughs> it's not happening but I was like I hate that funny not funny crap like that's not funny Mm-hmm. And you can't say it with a little slick smile and think that it's okay. But if I say something back, I'm the angry black girl. I don't care. I'm going to be the angry black girl. But you're not going to try me or my intelligence like that because I don't work too hard to get where I'm at. To sit back and allow you to diminish my intelligence like that. Like you're better than me and it's okay for you to say these things. Because nobody hadn't checked you in 65 years. Well, I'm checking you, boo. Checkmate. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, older white people are like that. You know, they don't understand you know they don't understand that hey (laughs) nobody trying to steal from you and it ain't okay Mm -hmm. like i make more than you shut up what i'm gonna steal for Mm -hmm. (laughs) like you know i'm gonna stop you though but (laughs) Uh i'm gonna stop you though rosa like like my husband stopped me whenever i say that they do understand they just oh yeah you're right yeah he understands completely exactly what he's doing yes He what he did to soften the blows because he knows he can get in trouble for it, for mm-hmm. for if he goes too far, and that's the only reason he stopped himself. Because if he didn't think if it was outside of work, or you know what I mean, or any other place, he would have just said it, or he, they would just say the comments they say. They know they have to temper themselves in the in the workplace so they don't get in trouble for it. Yeah, they follow it with the laugh. I, I was just joking with it. That's not a joke. Like you, Mm-mm. that's not a joke. I, I don't understand, and then they've been allowed to get away with it. That's the thing is nobody checks them because they give them excuses. Oh, they're old. Well, it's from the time that they're in. It wasn't right then, and it ain't right now. You not? Mm-mm. I, I didn't live back then, so unfortunately, um, I've lived in a world where I've been able to speak my mind for the most part. So you gonna get it? I ain't my mama them. <laughs> you gonna you gonna get these typing fast hands? You gonna get this? Oh, he gets it verbally right in his face. Oh. This is talk. We we face to face. <laughs> Y'all know I'm. Um, when I type, sometimes I have time to be able to think about what I'm gonna say and maybe delete and rewrite. <laughs> Y'all know that filter when it's off the kilt. <laughs> there is no yes. filter sometimes, so I just say stuff before I even realize it and be like, "Oops, well you provoked that. I'm sorry. <laughs> you you got what you asked for." <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> I mean, and we do. We have to continue to check these uh, older white people, young pipe, white people. I don't care. 
um, who it is, or they can get this work. And we just have to continue to check them as long as we're not going above and beyond. We're not doing too extra to get, you know, because we can't let nobody mess up our money. And I, but we got to we got to continue to check them because they got to understand that, you know, this is not acceptable. This is 2018. The same 1968. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, I'm the queen of the intelligent check. <laughs> the professional check, yes. as I call it. <laughs> <laughs> I can give you Per our last check. email. <laughs> <laughs> per our last conversation. Which oh, is highlighted here below and copied. <laughs> I'm going to CC it favorite. and extract it for you, <laughs> just in case you have trouble <laughs> reading it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Mika, for for sharing um, your mad moment. I want to kind of segue now into our meat and potatoes topic for the um, for the episode, and it's about the march for our lives. That was the march that pretty much well, there were simultaneous marches throughout the nation yesterday, um, March twenty fourth. They were organized, you know, really uh, by the um, students who were are, who are survivors of the Parkland, Florida school shooting. And basically it was, you know, pro gun reform and, you know, um, kind of like an anti-violence type of rally, too. And I know, you know, all of us have our own thoughts you know, about the march, you know, as black people, we like to say we're not a monolith. And I know we've all had different opinions as black people about whether we should be participating or not and how should we should include ourselves or not include ourselves. So um, I just kind of want to let you, Rosa, start and kind of, and then we'll join in me and Mika about our, you know, about how, our, how we feel. So first, I definitely love our young people mobilizing and, and, and resisting. We, we've been pre- preparing them for this through the Hunger Games, Harry Potter, and all this stuff we've been feeding them. We've been preparing them for this. But just like my criticism with the Women's March, it seems as if we as people of color are invisible. And we have to consistently move to the forefront and say that we exist. And say our problems with this. And say what's... Like we, I know that's America, but, you know, I, I just get so tired of that, that we have to let white people know that this ain't about them. All, this isn't all about them, that this is what we this is our experience and what we've been experiencing. And why did it take white students to bring it to the forefront, you know, for acceptance? Mm-hmm. Well, right. you know, like anything that, that happens, it's never a problem until it starts happening to white America. I mean, you look at yeah. the drug epidemic. How long has crack and heroin been a problem? I mean, on, on our streets. And now, right. you know, when, when, when meth became a big thing and it was affecting white people, they all of a sudden start popping up methadone can, clinics to help the white people get mm-hmm. off of meth. And now that these opioids are a big problem in affecting the white community, the rich white community, let's keep it, let's keep it yeah, real, the rich, rich white yeah, community, because the, the, the yeah. poor white people could have been on crack with us and they didn't care even though they thought we were worse than them anyways. But the rich white people, and now it's, oh my goodness, this is a problem and we have to start spending millions in money to help get these people off of these drugs. And You know what? We're going to sentence people to life who are selling them these drugs. Are, are, what drug dealers getting life not for selling it to white folks oh yeah that's what, yeah, you know so yeah. it, it, that's anything that. that 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 becomes any everything that's a problem it's not a problem until it starts affecting rich white folks that, that's what you have to keep 
rich white folks cause change. So if you ever mm-hmm. want change about something, just make it affect some rich white folks first. And we, we'll go now ahead let me, and get the change. Now let me say before we get a lot of people commenting to us that, oh, these kids didn't do nothing wrong. It's not about these kids. I just want to really harp on that so we can leave that criticism in the dust. It's not about these kids. These kids are doing what they need to do. It's mm-hmm. about the adults that are in the room that are constantly leaving us in the, for- in the background. Actually, these kids are way more woke than their adult counterparts are. These kids have openly stated how, you know, one of the boys talked about how his school is 25% black, but none of the black kids are getting any kind of recognition. There was a black boy who's um who blocked people from getting shot and i think he's still in the hospital but his story is not being told um only the white people are being lifted up to be the voice of their school and the least kids are speaking up about that my only problem is 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 okay it's one thing to speak out about it but it's another to say let me step back and here's my friend since i have you i'm in you i have this camera in my face right now come here jamal come here marcus Come here and you tell them since they're since this camera's right here, you tell them. You know what I mean? And so that's mm-hmm. what true allies should do. I know these kids are young, so I'm not gonna put that all on them, but I want the adults in the room to really start to do that and stop putting cameras in front of only the white kids' faces. Well, black America doesn't I mean the America doesn't sympathize with black people. You know what I'm saying? If you want to get traction and you want the sympathy and you want the story, you, you gotta put the white kids in and the new and that's what the news knows. We need to see these mm-hmm. crying white kids. We need to hear their story because they don't sympathize with black Americans. You know what I'm saying? You get black black people mm-hmm. get killed and they don't they nowhere get they nowhere near get the same coverage as if a white person get killed. Or God forbid the person who killed the black person sometimes gets more sympathy than the actual black person being killed. We don't elicit sympathy and the news knows that and so they're playing to what's going to get them the best ratings mm-hmm. and what's going to get the best coverage and unfortunately crying black children ain't gonna get it y'all are picking mm-hmm. it ain't gonna get it no and i mean these same people and you know white liberals Martin Luther king bemoaned white liberals before his death and talked about how they're the the biggest obstacle to really achieving true freedom for black people because Mm -hmm. they'll sit there and pat themselves on the back for doing the bare minimum Mm -hmm. well i shared a black lives matter post on my facebook page so shouldn't that count but no y'all don't attend our marches y'all don't speak up for us when it really matters i mean look at all this outpouring and you know i mean i love me some michelle and barack obama but i didn't see the handwritten letters to the black lives matter protesters like i saw to the parkland kids Uh and i'm i'm being honest i didn't see oprah and all these people renting buses to to take them to take people to marches and to donating donating all the donations planes and all kinds of things that these kids have gotten donated and i I mean i get it these are you know these are kids i get it but our black kids have been dying for a long time and they've been begging for help and they pretty much have to ride the coattails i don't know if you've been watching the news but they've been having to ride the coattails of this tragedy to get any kind of traction and have been having to stand up and say hey take notice of us here too we're part of this too we're affected by this too to even get noticed not just little black kids but native american girls i saw one who spoke out the other day and um a hispanic girl spoke out in the the la march 
yesterday too. So it's like we're kind of having to ride that coattail so we can get just that little bit of recognition. Because the dominant culture in America is white. And white people need to accept that and, 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 and fight to change that. But to give up your privilege, yeah, like they don't want to do it. It's how you, they have to get uncomfortable, and nobody's comfortable with getting yes. uncomfortable. They have mm-hmm. to get uncomfortable. They have to get uncomfortable. They have to have these com- – they have to first admit it exists. See, a lot of them don't want to admit it exists because then, then yeah. they have to admit that they played a part in, in, its, in its existence. Yes. And, and nobody yes. wants to get to that. So you got to get uncomfortable. Have this conversation with yourself first and say, okay, I'm a part of the problem. Now let me be a part mm-hmm. of the solution. It's going to make me uncomfortable. Some of my friends might not like it. Some of my family may not like it. But let me get uncomfortable and, and say this. And then one does it, and then others will follow suit. But it, it's nobody wants to be the lone wolf, and nobody wants to truly get uncomfortable. Tell me, Ma, that she's freaking wrong for being rude to the cashier who just because the cashier is black. Tell me, Ma, that. Yes. There's nothing wrong with that. Call her ass out. Except apologizing for Mima after she walked away. I'm so sorry. You know, when she grew up, you know, uh-uh. No, Mima, uh-uh, no. that is rude and disrespectful. Don't do it no more. I'm going <laughs> to pop you, little old lady. I mean, do it in front of the black cashier. Correct. Yes. And in front of Mima. Don't let Mima walk away thinking she right, and then you apologize for Mima when she go away. Because Mima is not only doing that, but she's teaching your kids that mess, too, because they see that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, we, we got to expect more. Um, we, we just have to. And but white people have to be the ones to do it. It's not us. So if y'all are listening, please stop saying, oh, we just got to come together. If we all come together, racism be over. No, 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 no. It ain't up to us. It's not up to us as black people to do that. You guys have to put in the emotional labor. We didn't. We didn't y'all did this. Y'all, y'all set up these systems. <laughs> You know, and so you have to actively shut that shit down. Right. Like like the work we're doing at my job. And Sharita already got my vent about that the other day. <laughs> <laughs> but we have to, you know, we all have to feel comfortable at all of our jobs to be able to, you know, say things that we need to say. I feel like sometimes... You know, I have a pretty decent platform at my job, but I also have to toe the line and I can't get too far and I can't make people feel too uncomfortable, you know, and I just wish I did have a little bit more freedom to have those conversations because, I, you know, y'all guys know what I do and we affect people's lives forever. Mm-hmm. And I know that people bring their biases in. Mm-hmm. I know they do because it's in <laughs> prejudices, you know, their, you know, their racist thoughts about how certain cultures raise their kids and you could for you can get somebody's kids taken away forever because of your prejudices and i i try my best again but like i say i have a line that i really don't feel comfortable like i can cross without keeping my job and as as a, as a lone black woman the lone black voice it's a balance that you have to keep of okay doing what you can do but also trying to keep your job because for because rep- representation matters mm-hmm. like we're just talking about and at the end of the day, so. you got a family to feed, too. So, you know, you do. We have to toe yeah. such a fine line, especially in your, when you're in an industry, um, you know, where it's it's whitewashed, you know. That you, you, it, it, <laughs> and that's almost every industry because, you know, black people aren't heavy. We're, we're always outnumbered, no matter hardly anywhere where we go except the NBA, you know. <laughs> we're always <laughs> outnumbered <laughs> no matter where we go. So you do have to be extremely careful 
what you do and we don't have the liberty to say and do the things that they do so like you say it it really is if it's going to be changed it becomes we honestly have to put 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 our hope and faith in the hands of the white people to make the real true true change we can fuss already fight march cry boycott all day long but it's still going to come down to can we get the white people on board with getting uncomfortable to make everybody comfortable Mm -hmm. my favorite new saying is you're not growing unless you're uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So, um, thank y'all for that. Well, let's move on to Rose's relationship corner. So, what I want to talk about today is I just want black women to live your lives. Like, we, my coworker said something very profound to me, and I put it on Facebook about how I can have genuine friendships with women because. I don't care about what men think. And that made me think like, yo, I used to be that way. And that's why I think that some of my relationships were rocky with women because we're constantly worried about what men think about what we do as single women. And I just want to tell black women that you will never win. You will never win if you live your life like that. You will never win because men... they always blame us like that's how um i was on one of my groups on facebook it's a d9 group and one of the members he's a man said that his son um has is an adult and in college and really likes this um young lady at um his school but she has a very promiscuous past and she felt like she had to explain herself to him about how she was young and really didn't, whatever, gave some type of narrative about that. And his son is still shaky about dating her, but he really likes her. And he's shaking about dating her. And he gave her, and the, the father, the fret, and this, um, gave him advice and told him, you know, basically, she got too many miles on her. Don't talk to her. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, yo, we will never fucking win. We will never win. Because in that situation, men get mad because we're not sexually experienced enough for them to please them. But then if we have that experience and we have multiple partners, then we're not worthy of dating. So just I just want to tell my sisters, y'all just free yourselves. I live my life unapologetically right now. I don't care about what men think because the man for me who God has assigned for me is going to love who I am because I have likes. I have dislikes. I have, I am a whole person and he will appreciate that. And these men out there who can't appreciate that, leave leave them alone. Like stop caring about what men think. Like it's not, it's not about them. It's about you loving, loving yourself and living your life. Um, that just spoke to me that this week, and I so and I see it. I see the single women on my timeline like doing the most to please men, and I'm like, yo, just live your life, live your life, man. I, could I definitely that. have something to say about that, but I know Miko. Uh, I'm sure you have plenty to say. So go ahead, Miko. Um, no, I, I, you know, I full, one hundred percent, wholeheartedly agree. Um, you, you. <laughs> You damned if you do, you damned if you don't. You know, everybody, you you can't please everybody, and I've learned that a long time ago. 
You don't like what I used to do? Move on. I don't care. I'm not going to hide from you. I'm not going to pretend like, <laughs> you know, because life happens and life happens differently for different people for whatever different reasons. You can't hold me to a standard that you think I should be held to. I hold myself to my own standard. And if you don't like it, then that's OK. It means that you ain't meant for me. And I'm going to be right. all right. And we have to start to learn that we're going to be all right. You know, not everybody's going to feel that way. You know, so just because this one jerk feels this way, move on. He ain't the one for you. Anyway, you don't need no judgmental butthole in your life anyways. If he finna judge you on that because you did some dumb stuff when you was young, we all do dumb stuff when we was young. If you judged him because when he was young, he stole and went to juvie detention one time, and you should be able to forget about that, then why are you judging me on stuff I did when I was young, dumb, in, a, in an insecure place? So, you know, in a low point in my life, that ain't me no more. So why should it bother you what my past was if I'm not still living in that past? Because we all grow and learn. So, I mean, you could kid mm-hmm. Ross, and I tell you to your face and your daddy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true, though. And, you know, you know, I got a couple of things I can say about that. Number one is that's a big sign of insecurity if you feel because, you know, he's probably going to be sitting there um, comparing thinking that you are comparing him to all the people you are with. And when you that ain't even none, not even on your mind, but in his mind, he don't want his homies to know or, you know, and that's just too much for you to be worried about, because if he's going to be petty and silly and insecure about something like that, that carries into other parts of your life and he's going to make other, other parts of your life miserable, too. So he needs to do some growing first before he can appreciate a woman like her who's, you know, I mean, who's actually you know and you know reaching her full potential he ain't ready for her so it ain't it's that's not her loss that's his loss you know but i think rose i bought we've also talked about how i'm not going to say this is a uniquely black male thing i'm not but i feel like so many black males are so worried about numbers and a woman's number and she got too much mileage on her white women it's like expected for them to go through their college thing in their college period, right? When they do whatever and they wild out, the dudes do too. They're in fraternities and they do whatever the heck they want to do as white people. And then they get married and they freaking settle down. And you would think they like regular church people or whatever. And you would never freaking know that they did all this crap in college. But for black people, we can't do it for some reason. It, we we're so freaking conservative and puritanical in our unforgiving yes so unforgiving and it's like well, we really have to get past that but men it's hard like you know i talk to y'all about my struggles in dating because now i'm more vocal and assertive and i talk about what i like i talk about what i like doing i talk i i my beliefs and values are very important to me you know and they can't handle that stuff like men cannot ha- it's, and I and right now I'm only I've only interacted with black men, but they can't handle all of that. They can't handle that. Like, I don't understand. Like, just live. You have to live your life because you will never please these men. You will never please these men. You will never please the man that is not meant for you. They just when you're going to be forever apologizing for, for, for who you are and for your past. Yes. And who wants to live life like that? Yes. Like forever. I I on that post. On my group on Facebook, I specifically stated I will never explain to a man my sexual history. I will never do that stuff. Why? <laughs> I should why not should have he, to. Why should he even ask? Because I'm not going to ask him. 
If you don't have no STDs right now, then we good. We can move on. But it's like, it's not, it's, I, I, I'm, I just want black women to be free and to live their lives unapologetically and stop worrying about if I do this or if I don't do this, then I'm not going to have a husband and I'm not going to have a man. And I'm tired of these black men relationship guru, gurus, whatever, sitting up here telling women what they need to be doing to be wives. Y'all stop that stuff. Stop listening to them. Stop listening to these men, please. And and listen to your sisters and, and, and talk it through with us. Shoot, if anything, don't don't tell you. Black China ain't got no problem now one finding a man. So if that tells you that it ain't no like it's somebody for everybody, I'm not I'm not shaming her. I'm just saying she I really never ever see her without somebody, right? At this she point, she got an eighteen year old dude. Or somebody crying over her because Rob, no, he was. Right. And sure I gotta, so gotta look alike of, of her as a girlfriend. Now, but yeah. that's the thing is you, you're right. Like you see in Hollywood, like these women, you see that they're passed around. It's okay. Like they, they, some of these guys are buddies and they done all dated and messed with the same woman in Hollywood. You know what I'm saying? This person in Hollywood done dated four, five, six, seven different people. It, it's okay. Like you said, with white people, it, your, your mileage isn't necessarily a big issue when it's no. time for us to talk and we're ready to settle down. Like, it's okay. They have full Girls Gone Wild videos out there circulating in the world, and that is yep. okay because they were young and in college, and that's what they're expected to do. Live your life, honey, <laughs> and, and, and move on. <laughs> I just want women to live their best lives, and what I see is a lot of women, like, surrounding, a lot of straight, Let me let me specify this, a lot of straight cis- cisgender women, black women, living their lives around what men think and believe and maneuvering themselves around that and what they should be doing. And, and they lecture other women about what they should be doing off of, of what a man thinks. Man, just live your life. <laughs> I hear you. And so that's what I'm going to sum up this segment. Uh, hashtag live your life. Hashtag <laughs> live your life. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> all right so um thanks rosa for that let me just wrap up before we get to the end of our seg of our episode uh, we just want to talk real quick about our black girl magic um nominee of the week and that will be 11 year old naomi waddler i don't know if y'all saw her we posted her a, i think a snippet of her speech at the march for our lives um event on our uh have bougie Brows facebook page but she was fearless for an 11-year-old in front of all those people. Uh-huh. I would have peed my pants, <laughs> you know. And so she was fearless and she stood up there on behalf of all the the black um, women and girls who've been affected by violence, including the young girl. And I, I, I can't, I, I'm sorry, I always mess up her name, but it was um, something Arrington. I so apologize because she deserves to be, we deserve to say her name and I will correct that. I posted it, her name on her, our Facebook page, but she died. I believe it was the same week of the Parkland shooting. She was shot in, in school, you know? And so she, so little miss Na- little miss Naomi Wadler spoke up on behalf of all the um, young black ladies and women who have been killed by, um, by gun violence and wanted to make sure that we, we, um, respected them as well and that they were included in, the, in that um event 
So big ups to her. I, I mean, uh, it's I congratulate her because she really was fearless and unapologetic about it and bringing attention to black girls. So, and did you see the hair? Yes, yes, I loved it. Loved it. I, I loved, loved it. it. I loved it. There wasn't no questioning her blackness. <laughs> yes, loved it. Mm-hmm. All right, y'all. Well, with that, you know, we are done with our episode for today. What do you want to say, Mika, as we head out? I ain't got nothing. Just remember, funny not funny. Don't try me. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Rosa. What you got to tell them this week? Hmm. I I don't know. I mean, no, I hope I, I hope I, I hope y'all are drinking y'all water because it's almost summertime and we need these follicles on these face. Your black will crack. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag live your life, though, right? <laughs> Hashtag live your life. Okay, and hopefully, um, Mika's family gets through uh her her juice cleanse without you know getting farted out of the house so we're gonna pray on that one it ain't even that i'd be hangry sometimes and um that's probably why that man got it this week too i probably wouldn't have been as mean (laughs) but you you know it was like day it was like day one and day two and it was there was no i'm I'm hungry (laughs) okay (laughs) i'm chewing juice like i'm hungry Oh Lord, heaven help the the old white racists that work. When Shamika's on a juice queen. All right. <laughs> yeah, I might call social services on me. <laughs> all right, y'all. And all I have to say is, don't forget to keep it half bougie. All right. Bye. Good night. Bye.